This is New England Patriots running back and three-time Super Bowl champion James White. You're listening to the Two Minute Drill. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Minute Drill. Dan and Kev here today. Coming in to break down, you know, some more of this Patriots offseason stuff. Last time we talked to you guys, we gave our 53-man roster projections. That was a few weeks ago. Now we're really in the heart of training camp. We've had two preseason games, some injuries, some new roster moves have happened. A lot of things have changed. But before we get into that, Kev, I just want to take a little detour here and hop into some of the interesting news that came out last night of all places on a Rob Gronkowski UFC watch-along stream. Uh, Gronk was talking to Dana White. Dana White brought up a, you know, potential recruitment pitch he had for Brady and Gronk to come to Vegas to join the Raiders back in 2020. And apparently, Brady was looking at houses there. Gronk was all signed up, ready to go. And Gronk confirmed this on the stream. If you want to take it even a step further, we go back a couple months to when Tom Brady went on LeBron James' show, The Shop, and we saw a promo clip where Brady was talking about there was a team who was interested in me until the last minute, and I thought, you're really going to stick with that motherfucker? Talking about their quarterback, who, of course, it now seems as Derek Carr, as John Gruden was the guy who got cold feet at the last second. Kev, what do you make of all this? I find it wild because originally after all the Dolphins stuff, we thought Brady was going to the Dolphins and then you'd assume that Belichick ruined that one with the, the floor shit. So I thought that was kind of set up for him. But I'm very shocked because when Brady was taking the free agency tour, they said that he wanted to be like closer to what was that, it, New yeah. York, like around that area. Well, people, yeah, the big news at the time was like, oh, he picked the box over the Chargers because he wanted to be closer to uh, the East Coast, but I don't know. That seems like it wasn't much of a factor. Yeah, no, and then now it's kind of interesting, too, to think, like, what if um, the original Brady plan was to go to Vegas and then get rid of Gruden and then McDaniels take over because that's where McDaniels is at now, so that definitely mm-hmm. is a thing. Um, I don't even know, honestly, like, if you think about it, I think the Bucks is a better situation for him, but I just can't believe that Gruden would rather Derek Carr than Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely odd in that regard, especially because, I don't know, like Gruden would always come out and he'd have good things to say about Carr, but there was always rumors that like he hated him and was like trying so hard to move on. I remember like every year people would, I remember there was huge buzz um, that they were going to draft a quarterback in 2020. I think people were saying they were going to like try and trade and get Jordan Love, something like that. Thank God they didn't, but. I don't know. It felt like there was always stuff connecting Gruden wanting Carr out, and then at the last second, he picks Carr over Brady. It's just weird. But really, my takeaway from the whole thing is just for all of the you know Patriots fans who, in light of Brady leaving, uh, you know, have kind of been like, "Oh, well, Bill forced him out. Bill Belichick like kind of screwed this whole thing up," and are kind of resenting Bill for his decision. I feel like the news we've seen in this past few months, like really shows that wasn't the case at all. I mean, the guy essentially had two backdoor deals to go to teams that were, you know, going to happen up until the 11th hour, and then he ends up going to a third team. So it's like he was entertaining tons of offers, and that doesn't even take into account, like, you probably remember there was tons of rumors with the Chargers, tons of rumors with the Titans. Like, 
who knows what kind of other arrangements were, you know, almost happening. I'm sure there was more than just the Dolphins and the Raiders. But even at that, I think this destroys the narrative that Bill really forced him out. Brady was clearly ready to go. And another thing to add to that, too, is hypothetical. Brady goes to the Raiders. I think there would have been a good chance that Derek Carr could have been the Patriots quarterback because there was a thing that came out in 2020 that the Patriots were inquiring about Derek Carr because McDaniels really wanted to have Carr as the quarterback. That didn't go further after Brady didn't go to Raiders. But just imagine if Derek Carr was the Patriots quarterback. There would have been a good chance that would have happened if Brady did sign with the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, that that is kind of a wild trickle-down effect. That definitely could have happened. Um, I don't, I don't know how. Like, how would you feel about that as opposed to our current situation? I'm kind of give or take. Like, I know Derek Carr is definitely better than Mac Jones right now, but obviously, Mac Jones is year two and he's on his rookie deal, whereas we would have been inheriting Derek Carr on a big contract and supposedly 28, 29. Yeah, but he wasn't on that big deal. He just signed the extension. So yeah, you so, w- so he still was on the pay, big deal, right? You would have had to pay him this year. No, I don't think his contract was too bad before. Uh-huh. Um, he did just get a massive. Yeah, he just signed. He just signed a big one, but he would have been on. I mean, we would have had to pay him what they're paying him now. But let's see, what would he have been on? But I he think... just signed three year one twenty one. So we would have had to give him something like that. He was on five year one twenty five. That's oh. what he would have been at when we were getting him. They would have had about you know a year, two years left. Yeah, no, I'm definitely con- – I like Derek Carr, like I've told you before, which you disagree. I think Derek Carr is a top-ten quarterback in this league. Mm-hmm. I know you disagree. Um, I definitely, like, at that time, would 100% been happy with it, would have loved it because I think Derek Carr is a really good quarterback. But I'm very happy with Mac Jones, and I think that Mac will be that type of guy that takes pay cuts to – Hope this team or try to get better. So mm-hmm. I'm very happy with the process overall. But at the time, Derek Carr with Cam Newton, 110% any day of the week. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. But I think most Patriots fans realize that that 2020 year, where obviously we sucked and went 7-9, and nine, kind of had to happen in order for us to sort of jumpstart this franchise. Because without that, you know, we're just not in the spot to draft a competent QB like Mac Jones. You get higher picks later, and you're able to get you know a guy like Christian Barmore, a guy like Ramondre Stevenson, and then of course you're able to take that year. You don't really spend the money because you're not going to compete, and then that allows you to spend big the next year. So, all in all, like I guess I'm fine with how everything went down, but it is just very wild to see. I mean, in the last month with Brady, all this new stuff coming out, and you know, as I said before, I'm sure there's other stories with the Chargers or the Titans or you know, any number of teams. So it is wild. I did want to touch on that. But coming back to our main point for this episode, let's get into some of this Patriots offseason news. So the first big news of the week, uh, before we get into the most recent story, Malcolm Butler and Jojuan Williams were placed on IR, which will end both of their seasons. Now, Williams, it had come out, he had to get shoulder surgery. So that was pretty expected. Butler, I knew he was hurt, but that one kind of came out of nowhere. Kev, how do you feel about the Patriots losing a couple guys uh, in a cornerback group that's already pretty thin? So, Joe John Williams, I'm so glad he got placed on IM. What a 
I got gotcha. you. Yeah, you're back. You cut out first. Okay, like sorry. Sorry, okay. Um, so, Jojo Williams, he would have got cut anyways, dude. Watching that first preseason game versus the Giants, he's a bum. He's a bum. And, like, I know you want to give him as many chances as possible because you draft him in the second round. But he was done for no matter what. And uh, Malcolm Butler, I didn't even know he was hurt. Um, he recovered the fumble, and then that was it. And then they were done. Him and Mitchell were done for the day after that. And then I know he didn't practice, but I wonder if it was just like Belichick was like, you know what, like we appreciate you like trying and all that, and like we still want to pay you. We don't want to cut you, and like so you get paid no matter what. And they really like what they see out of Jack Jones. Sean Wade's been impressive. Um, I'm glad to see those guys kind of step up. Terrence Mitchell, Marcus Jones has been amazing in the slot in practice yeah but weird thing about marcus jones right is he hasn't played all the first preseason game and then you realize after that and you see how the patriots like defense kind of worked week one versus giants is that jonathan jones is moving to the outside Mm -hmm. that's a big transition jalen mills has been the best player in camp that we've that we've seen so that's really good news and then you hear marcus jones is doing amazing in the slot and you're like okay this is great like I'm glad Marcus Jones is playing really well. And then versus the Panthers, Miles Bryant is the starting cornerback in the slot. And then we didn't see Marcus Jones at all until like the end of the third quarter. Mm -hmm. And then he gets a punt return and then he's getting reps. So I'm kind of confused about that whole situation there. Yeah, I I don't entirely know like – what we're doing with that cornerback group, maybe we're just trying a bunch of different things because, I mean, in all honesty, when you look at this group, I don't think there's a huge gap between, like, the first guy getting reps and the last. I know you said Jalen Mills is great, but, like, he's probably not that much better than, I don't know, who's going to be our sixth guy in that group, Terrence Mitchell? Probably. He's probably, like, he's better than Terrence Mitchell, but he's not, that much better than Terrence Mitchell. When you look at these other teams with better secondaries, it's a way bigger gap between their one and their six. And it would have been in years past when we had guys like Gilmore and JC Jackson. So I think we're, we're not even, I don't know. It's weird because we're not even necessarily a deep group. We just have a lot of guys who I think are at similar skill levels. So we're just trying like tons of different things because I don't even know that for this whole season, there's going to be a clear cut three. Like, I think it might even take a couple of weeks of rotation until we finally settle on that group, and I think it could really be. I mean, Mills will be in there. Jonathan Jones will be in there, but I don't know. For Like, really, it could be anybody. So, it is a weird thing with the corners. Um, I mean, like you said, Joe John Williams, he was a lost cause. I don't think anybody's super upset about that. If anything, it's a positive because now we don't have to cut him. Um, but Malcolm Butler did, did feel like a little bit more of a loss. I thought he was going to be in the rotation there. And I think what you said makes sense because, I mean, we essentially pulled him out of retirement to sign. Obviously, him and Bill, the history with the whole Super Bowl 52 thing, it was very mature of Malcolm Butler to kind of put that behind him and sign. Um, so it would have been messed up for Bill to sort of pull him out of retirement, sign him to a multi-year deal. You know, clearly you're a part of our plans and then you get cut year one. So he probably was like, you know, you're kind of on the outside looking in right now. You have a little bit of an injury. You're not going to be able to, you know, you're going to miss some key time of training camp when you should be pushing for a roster spot. Let's just throw you on IR and we'll regroup next year. 
Right. I don't even think there's going to be a next year. I know his deal was guaranteed. Like, his contract was, like, basically, a, like, you're almost guaranteed to make this roster. Yeah, it was, it was two-year nine, I want to say. Yeah, with, like, incentives. But his guarantee was, like, close to three, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, looking like that. Um, They didn't even come up with what his injury was, did they? They never reported it. They just said it was an undisclosed injury. Um. Let me see. I know what you had said. He met, He was like limited a couple practices, and uh, no, he just didn't even. He didn't even practice all this past week, and then they. Oh, just, really? I thought he was limited one, then didn't practice the next, and then he was just done. No, he just didn't even practice, and then it just came out of nowhere. So yeah, I think but, it, was, it says Butler did not have a publicly known injury, but did miss the Patriots' last two practices before landing on IR. So yeah, that kind of just seems like a thank I, you, Malcolm, I, for trying. But another yes, thing too. Is um just Jack Jones, dude, that first preseason game, he should have had like three pick sixes. Oh, easy. And I think like they probably went back and watched the film and like Sean Wade was someone he's a second year guy, he traded uh traded like what a fifth round pick to Baltimore last year to uh, get yeah, it was something it was something like that. Um so I think like I like Sean Wade. I liked his film in college. Um I think just they like probably watched the film versus the Giants and then probably, like, looked at the film from practices and, like, you know what? Like, we got to go younger. We got to go faster. And it's the right approach. And they definitely did Malcolm right. Malcolm probably agreed because if Malcolm wanted to continue to play, he probably, like, got out there and was like, you know what? Like, I don't know if I can compete like this for 17 games in the season. So it's probably, like, a definitely a thank you thing. And I don't think we'll see Malcolm play ever again, in my honest opinion. Yeah, I agree. I would say probably retires i mean maybe and you know it's a, he gets, um, maybe he tries to make the roster again next year but i would I say did. that's incredibly unlikely because i would hope that we have some better cornerbacks coming in next year i did just remember something that um we have to talk about as well that we did not mention yet and i don't think we were going to so it just clicked in my head but um the retirement of james white yes yes that, with with all the recent news i think yeah we could have unfortunately kind of brushed over that good call Kev. and um it's sad because he's our intro to the pod i know um, that's i think i texted you that right away i was like does this mean we need a new intro yeah i don't know it, that's a tough one but i mean i we did predict this man we did call this um yep we it just seems like one of those videos that he was doing an ota and it's like he had that limp and obviously and that was yep. another a contract well thing. yeah it was just it, right. was, it was last episode i i think it was like we're going through the running backs and the projections, and I think I was like, I don't know. I might have a bit of a hot take here. I feel like James White might retire, and you immediately were like, yes, he's going to retire. So yeah. it was, we're, we're on the same page with that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm su- I thought he was – like when he got the last year because we were at that game, I think we, I think we both agreed just like, oh, well, that's probably it for James White. So I'm glad to see that he was able to kind of sign another contract, make a little more money, and – you know, give it an effort in training camp here, but he just, you know, he didn't have it in him. So he goes and yeah, now that makes things a little more interesting with our running backs. I would say that that locks Ty Montgomery onto our roster. Which I think he already was a lock anyways. Yeah, but I I would say now he's more of a lock um, as one of the running backs, whereas I think before we were viewing him as fighting for one of those receiver spots. I think now he comes in as one of our as one of our backs and gets gets more of his reps there because he's probably our best pass catching back right now. I mean, it depends how much we want to shift onto Ramondre Stevenson 
it seems like that's kind of been the bulk of, you know, his work this offseason. We've been trying to improve his cat, uh, pass catching so he can be more of an ever down back. So I think Montgomery's going to get reps there early in the year, but I think we hope that Stevenson can really take the big leap forward and kind of take on all this responsibility. So once James White retired, it came out that the plans would be for Ramondre Stevenson to be the Patriots' third down back, which I don't think is a good idea because I think that Stevenson should be competing with Harris for the first and second down back. And I, I agree. Think that, I think Ty Montgomery should be that third down back. But an interesting thing that I noticed during the preseason game versus the Panthers this past Friday was that when the starting offense was out there, the first drive, Damian Harris ran all was out there for all three downs. Mm-hmm. Then the second second drive, Ramondre Stevenson was out there for all three drives. Then the third, uh, all, the all three plays of the second drive, mm-hmm. and then the third drive, Ty Montgomery was out there the entire time. So then yeah. someone tweeted out that you could see that happening in the regular season. Like if a guy gets hot, you just keep him on the field, which is a little weird to me because I don't know how I feel about Damian Harris being out there for a third down back. But if that's the approach the new offense is going, that's kind of interesting as well. But I'd kind of rather see Harris and Stevenson fight for time on first and second down and just put Montgomery on the field for third down because he's yeah. going to have a good camp. And he did score a touchdown in the game versus the Panthers, and he's fast. So I think that's the approach you have to take moving forward to fill the void of James White. But it's not going to be easy because the second drive, that Stevenson was out there his third down. Mac tried to find him on a cut route, and Stevenson didn't even look for the ball. Yeah. So it is, that is a big loss that the Patriots are going to have to fill. And now it kind of seems like, too, that um, Kevin Harris will probably get cut. That kind of seems like the trend. That's yeah, gonna... I also think I also see that coming. And then I don't know, J.J. Taylor's going to have to fight for a spot, too. But he's Yeah, I think I think – we knew one of Taylor or Harris would get cut and the other would kind of be fighting for a roster spot. I think James White's retirement has pushed Kevin Harris out and it's given JJ Taylor a little bit more of a chance because that's what he is. He's a pass catching back, but I don't think he'll be able to do enough to really make us want to take that fifth running back on, especially when we know, I mean, we can put him on the practice squad and we're probably not going to be facing much competition to keep him there. So I agree. I think we try to put Kevin Harris on the practice squad. He's a guy who I think other teams would be more willing to kind of take a flyer on, seeing as he's a rookie and, you know, he had that promise at South Carolina before his back injuries. Um, but, yeah, J.J. Taylor is a guy you just throw on the PU pit, on the uh, practice squad, rather. Yeah. Um, going into the other big position group on the offense, though, this is what I was going to get to. Before we touched on that James White stuff, this was the real big news of the week, the real unfortunate news of the week. Tyquan Thornton, super promising camp. He looked great in that Giants game. We only saw him for a little in that Panthers game. He went down hard. It's a collarbone injury. It's eight to ten weeks. He's going to miss the bulk of this season. Um, it's not expected to be season-ending. The, the eight-week mark, would have him coming back right around mid-October, which is like week seven. That's when we have our bye. So I would say we can cross our fingers and hope that week eight against the Jets he'll be making his debut. But, Kev, that's a big loss. How do you think that kind of shakes up the wide receiver room right now? Doesn't it just give you flashbacks of Nikhil Harry? That's exactly what I said. I, I tweeted that out, dude. The same exact thing. 
but like the only thing that makes me feel better is that Tyquan Thornton is actually good. Like, actually, will be a good. Well, to be honest with you, the thing that makes me feel better is that he's fast. Like, yeah, that's and his thing out- is his speed, and he won't lose that. Like, this won't affect that. Like, if he comes back, he'll still be fast because Nikhil Harry. It was just, I don't know. Maybe we were overhyping him, but it was night and day. It was like. Everybody was so – of course, you're going to be high on him when we draft him. And if you watch him at Arizona State, he was nuts. But everybody was so high on him during camp. Even in that, you know, I still remember that. That was preseason week one uh, against the Lions, right, in Detroit. I think even, you know, the beginning of that game, he made like a couple nice catches and then came down on a contested ball, turned that ankle, and he was never the same. Missed the first half of the season. And it was just he never regained that momentum. And plus, it's kind of similar situations. If you kind of, it's like exactly similar situations because you put Nikhil Harry on the IR, but you couldn't put him on the IR. Yeah, exactly. The fifty-three man roster projection, and going into that season, you had just traded or you just signed Antonio Brown. Josh Gordon just came back from, or uh, he got reinstated, so he was allowed to well, play. The guy, the guy like, who benefited from all that was Jacoby Myers, if you remember. Yeah, but they were stacked at wide receiver, so it didn't. So it was like you were getting him back after week eight, and it seems like that's exactly what's going to happen with Tyquan Thornton. But it is interesting because we were touching on this before we started recording, and it looked like coming Thursday before that injury had happened, or that Friday, sorry, that a couple teams were inquiring about Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, and Kendrick Bourne to see if the Patriots are willing to trade them. And if the offense is what we have to do, we don't have a choice, is to do two tight end sets. That means that you're going to have a good wide receiver sitting on the bench the majority of the game. And the Patriots wanted to get Tyquan Ford out on that field because he's had a really good camp and fast, and he's a good route runner, and he just is a different dynamic for your offense, especially with those two tight ends on there. So one of them was going to get traded. Um, we probably assumed it was going to be Nelson Aguilar because you would have the $14, 15000000 million contract if you can trade him away. You're going to be only carrying – you're going to have a dead cap of five, so you clear $9 million in cap space. That makes mm-hmm. the most sense. But then going into the game, Kendrick Bourne was benched. He got put in the doghouse for fighting in practice on Tuesday. Yep. And then it was a question mark, like, would Bourne actually be traded? Friendly team deal. Like, is that the approach that they were going to take? And now all of that is not going to happen because that one injury, one hit. And the thing that worries me, too, about Ford is his size. Yeah. And I know that's been a big thing. Like when you're that tiny, you get hit once and everyone's going to make a deal out of it. But like he got, I don't know if you saw the play that he got hurt, but like he got driven into the ground. Like it was a little unnecessary. Yeah. But for that one but for a guy, I mean, he's so skinny. Like big, big, lanky receiver, but he is, I mean, he's 6'3, and I don't even think he weighs 200 pounds. No, he's like a 180, but like he just got driven to the ground. Like he got up on his own power. Like he didn't even really, all they said that he wasn't coming back, and it was like, it was all right. Like it wasn't a big deal. Like, yeah, I, I mean, the, the comparison uh, that you'd make with him is like, you look at him, he's 6'3, he looks like a beanpole. Devontae, uh, Devontae Parker, rather, he's 6'3. He's not even this like big jack receiver. He's just pretty normal looking, and he's thirty pounds heavier than Tyquan Thornton. Right. So it's you know it sucks. It's terrible just because we were finally getting hearing good things, and then Week One versus the Giants, you got to see live his first touchdown. Yep. 
Um, and he was just such a good route runner. And like you said, it's the speed. He's not going to lose the speed because of this injury. So hopefully the Patriots are still winning games. And that's one of those things that he comes back like week eight, week nine. And he's nine, a spark, yeah. And he's healthy. So at least that's a good thing. And then if like one of the Patriots receivers are struggling and you have Thornton coming back, maybe you trade one of them. At the deadline, yeah. But now where it's interesting is who's going to grab his spot on the roster because – you know, you can obviously say now nobody's going to get moved. So the locks would be Parker, Aguilar, Myers. Um, and Born. then he's going to, I mean, Born, yeah. Um, and then Thornton will have to take a roster spot. So do you think that we take five receivers, including Thornton, and then try and pull a guy up from the practice squad? Or do you think we take six, including Thornton, and then try and pull a guy up from the practice squad? Or do you think we just take six, throw Thornton on IR, and we use that spot elsewhere? I think you do six and then put Thornton on the IR. It's something I could see. Well, now it's tough because Kristen Wilkerson has that concussion. I know. It's just the worst time for him because now this last week or so, it would be Christian Wilkerson versus little Jordan Humphrey for that last spot because Trey Nixon's just lost all his momentum. But Wilkerson, he's got that concussion, so he can't come. He's not making the trip to Vegas, right? I think that's no, official. He, so, only... Yeah, so so you miss all those joint practices. Obviously, the last preseason game. I mean, he's basically in a spot where like he has to hope that Jordan Humphrey doesn't play good because if Jordan Humphrey plays good this week, it's his spot or Trey Nixon for that matter. So I think it's... he's in a very bad spot. I think little Jordan Humphrey has that spot wrapped up. Um, I agree because he has a, that. He's had a really good two preseason games. Yeah. That special teams play. Bill Belichick clearly got off to man. Like he probably watched that over like a thousand times. Got off to that because that was one hell of a play. And that is how you make a fifty-three man roster is doing stuff like yeah. that. I am. I even said it. I don't know. I don't think I was texting you during the game, but just watching Humphrey. Um, if say like we didn't even know about Thornton, I was thinking that you put him in as a tight end and you cut Asia, yeah. you cut Keen. And you find a way to put little Jordan Humphrey on that roster because he has a size and they were trying to have him block and he could block too. So that's someone that I think is guaranteed deserving of making this team. And I don't think that you can try to put him on the practice squad because he'll get picked up right away. I think Wilkerson will be able to slide and you'll be able to keep him on. Same with Nixon. So your best bet is to have Kristen, or little Jordan Humphrey Sorry, make the 53-man roster. Yeah, I think we do six on the roster, including little Jordan Humphrey. We throw Thornton on IR, and then it kind of depends what we do with other positions. The most, the thing that seems the most reasonable would then be pull Wilkerson back up from the practice squad. But I don't know how you know highly we might rate other guys or how competitive some other positions are. So we'll have to see how they use that roster spot. But yeah, I mean, definitely makes things a little more interesting with that wide receiver group. And you know, like you said, Christian Wilkerson. He's just a guy who, I don't know, just year in, year out, he's always so close to getting on that roster for the Patriots. We even saw it last year where he got called up for those few games. He had that monster game against Jacksonville where he scored two touchdowns, could have had three, and then comes back in this offseason. And when he should be presented with an opportunity, just unfortunate that, you know, he takes kind of – I don't know, you saw, the, you saw the film of that hit that started the big fight. Would you say it was a dirty hit? 
I wouldn't say it was a dirty hit, but the I would step over was just I, obviously I would what started say it. It's a joint practice. I think it was a little aggressive for kick return. Like, yeah, you you don't do that no matter what. But like even when like Matthew Slater got uh, Slater's interview about it, his press conference, whatever the little interviews they did with the practice, but he got like so mad and you, he just says whatever he like whatever's on his mind. He's not gonna sugarcoat anything. But he was so upset about it and said it was dirty. So whatever Slate says, I agree. Because if Slater said it wasn't dirty, Slater would tell you it wasn't dirty. Oh yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, I think I think everyone was just upset about the, and that's obviously what started the giant fight. Now. I haven't kept up with it too much. Did that guy get cut? Because I don't know if you saw afterwards, they asked Matt Rule about it. And they were like, do you think that's something that could get a player cut? And he was like, well, he's came into practice the last two days and been like completely disrupted and done things I didn't want him to do. And he's just derailed both practices. So I don't know. You tell me. Like he gave an answer like that. That kind of made it seem like that dude was about to get cut. I haven't seen anything about that of you. He did not know. He played in the preseason game on Friday. He did not get cut. Um, but it was less than the something, and I don't even know. But Matt Rule, when he first came to Carolina, he said that he's not going to have a team that like has dirty hits or fights or anything like that. But it just seems like it's always been in Carolina's nature that they're like a dirty of a team. Like you saw Brian Burns last year. Yep. With bringing Matt. Stevenson. And, and, then he, and then he said Matt Jones was like, like grabbing his leg or some shit. Yeah, Burns just like a dirty player. Good player, but dirty player. So it just seems like Carolina's always been a little bit of a dirty team. Mm-hmm. And Rule tried to change that dynamic. But clearly, after the crazy brawls that happened, like Wise got absolutely tossed. Yeah. It, oh, my God. That was bad. Oh, my God. Like got, right into the crowd. He got absolutely tossed. So that was – it was a wild week. We do have joint practice against the Raiders this week. So, obviously, we're not going to be expecting any um, fights going on there. Because yeah, hopefully not. Belichick, so that'll be that'll be a good test for the Patriots to see how this team will be gonna like what we're gonna expect going into Week One versus Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for that because you know as much as you could take pieces of that Panthers practice, like you were talking about, Jalen Mills did really well, and when we you know see him doing well in his one on ones against DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, it's like okay, this is you know this is realistic. He's doing this against good receivers. But, I mean, when you see our defense, you know, constantly, like, getting sacks against Sam Darnold or blowing by Akeem Aquano, who just, like, I don't know, that was weird. Like, did you see that in the preseason game, dude? He got torched, Akeem Aquano, their new uh, tackle out of NCAA. By Duggar? No, he, um, the number six pick, he started at left tackle for them in the uh, preseason game, and Uche was just working him. And it was no, all, I know. all throughout the week at the joint practices, too. He was but having gonna, a really tough time. The hit Duggar had on him? No, I didn't. You'll have to you'll have to go back and watch that. It was like Duggar th- hit him, the offensive tackle. He knocked him on his fucking ass. Jesus. It was a run it to the outside. It was like third and five. I mean, Carolina got the first down, but Duggar legit lowered his shoulder into him and the guy went back like five yards and fell on his ass. Wow. So I mean Duggar looks like he's gonna be starting over Adrian Phillips this year. That was one little takeaway. And one like last takeaway that I had on the um the preseason game versus Carolina is that Mac Wilson does not seem like he's starting yet. It no. seems like um what's his name? Tavani? Jelani the- Tavai, yeah. And it we saw before that it was Anthony Jennings getting all those reps. 
I think Jennings is more of like an edge guy. I think you'll see Jennings get like outside or defensive edge. I'm happy to see what he's been able to do this offseason too, because I think when we came into those projections, I think we were just like, oh yeah, like no chance. Anthony Jennings makes this roster, like he's done. You can throw him in that category with like Aussie Aussie, where he was just kind of like, didn't do anything his rookie year. We threw him on IR last year because he wouldn't have made the roster. But I think he's came out motivated and, you know, kind of carved out a spot for himself. Yeah, no, it's definitely a good thing to see for this defense. I'm glad to see Uche get a sack as well. You're going to need those young guys to perform. Um, I'm really hoping, though, that Matt Wilson is starter week one because he is so fast. And you have him and McCollum with Bentley. It's just I think this defense is going to be so much better than it has been in recent years, even without having J.C. Jackson or Stephon Gilmore, just like the speed alone. It's like you couldn't you couldn't put out Hightower and Collins anymore. I'm like, no. I'm done with that. I mean, that Bills people... game completely exposed that. Even Miami did too, though. It was like the that last game versus Miami in the regular season. Like, that exposed it too. It yeah. just it sucks, so it's tough to see. Um, but I'm glad like, Mac Wilson's got to start week one because he's so fast, and that defense is going to be so much better. I think Barmore – it's surprising me how he's still not starting yet. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. I know how I they get do it. I don't really take much into that because obviously you got to respect Lawrence Guy and Godcho's really. I think Godcho was deserving of that contract. Mm-hmm. I think underrated. Uh, so that's an interesting. I think the defense will be fine. It's just that offense, and we didn't even get into that how um, the Patriots starters looked for the most part. Oh yeah, not great. The only two that didn't play were well. Hunter Henry was out because of a shoulder injury, and I guess that we got lucky because it's a minor injury. Yeah. Um, Trent Brown did not play. I think they just rested him because they don't want to take a risk of him getting hurt because you're going to need him the whole season. And Isaiah Wynn has disappeared. I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah, um, he I don't. All last week, it's not an injury. I don't know if it's, he's upset because he got moved to right tackle. Yeah, I'm not deal? sure. I think it was an injury, but now he's just been out just like he was supposed to come back and just hasn't. But yeah, I do think it initially was an injury. You know, that's a little concerning. Um, and if that's the case, like, I don't even know if you can move Isaiah Wynn because their O-line, I think, is the weakest spot on that offense. Obviously, they just do not have a lot of depth there. Um, James Ferentz absolutely sucks if he yeah. ever starts. Game, he's gonna get Mac killed. He got Mac sacked on a yes second string guy. So I'm very worried about that. Mac did not have any time to throw because of Ferentz alone. On Wenu played late in the third quarter in that game too. Played a tackle right for a period he, there. Yeah, he was at he was at guard the no he was at tackle the whole yeah yeah he was at tackle and um it's a little concerning seeing him go in that late i don't know why belichick for some reason is not like on when the yeah, rest of it does but really just want to see you just at this point like i'd understand if you had like yadni kajus actually is doing a lot better this camp too bills preach that so maybe if bill really likes yadni kajus you do move isaiah win mm-hmm. and then you clear that 10 million in cap because i think that's the deal that win signed yep Fifth year option, but I honestly at this point to protect Mac, I would keep Isaiah Win and then just have one who play guard because yeah, another... you've, you've had too much upheaval with this line getting rid of Shaq Mason when you didn't have to, and losing Ted Karras. Like I don't know if he 
you intended to do that with Wynn, you should have never traded Shaq Mason. So I don't, I don't think you can continue to shuffle this line around. You're already relying very heavily. Like, I know it's a first-round pick and he looks good so far, but, like, you're already relying very heavily on an unproven rookie in Cole Strange to come right in and start and be good. So I don't think you can afford to, you know, then be like, oh, and, you know, Yadin Kajus is going to start at right tackle or we're going to throw some other guard in and switch on one around. Like, you got to stick with what you got at this point. Yeah, no, and another interesting name to keep an eye out for because if they do, which I've seen a little bit of reports about, which I wouldn't understand whatsoever, but the Bill hating Mike on Wenu is to look for Arlington Hambright to be the starting right guard. I, I've seen that too. Bill really does not like on Wenu. And I don't that, get it. But that would be just because of the offense that they have, because if they're doing mm-hmm. a West Coast RPO offense, I guess it doesn't really favor Trent Brown, and it doesn't really favor on Wenu, and it favors to Juiced and Hambright. So it's something to keep yeah. an eye out for as well. All right, well, I think we've touched on just about everything here. We didn't want to get into new projections quite yet. It felt like you know it made more sense to just wait for this last preseason game then have another go at it. But, Kev, unless you got anything else, I think that'll do it. Yeah, just hope that uh, we have a good week against the Raiders. Hopefully we get to see more what this team is like because you're going to be seeing a playoff team. Raiders are going to be really good. I think it's going to be a really good week of joints, and this will give us the most clear indication of what this Patriots team may look like going into the season. All right, well, thank you guys for listening, and uh, make sure to tune in next time for another episode of the Two Minute Drill. We should be back with our final 53-man roster projections. Thanks.